Hello everybody, I want to welcome you to a beautiful brand new episode of Third Shift. It's episode 316. How have we survived this long? I don't know, but we have. It's because we're amazing, Matt. That's why. I'll tell you the answer right now. Because me and you, we're dedicated, we're something rated, we're battle related. It's an old Marine Corps statement. I've completely forgot. I was going to go with it, and I lost it. But that's okay. Because me and you, we are awesome. We're here for episode 316. And of course, I've already talked to him, sort of. He hasn't talked back because he's looking at something strange and has a look on his face and I don't know what it's all about. But it is the inglorious bastard himself. It's the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Matt. He's here with me today and we're going to have a fun little episode for you. I don't think either of us are sick anymore. I didn't feel real good yesterday, but I don't think it had anything to do with the sickness from last week. I think it had to just do with uh, uh, sleep and other problems, etc., so we're going to have some fun. We're going to have a good episode. And of course, before we do anything and tell you anything about games, etc., we got to talk about our weeks. So, Matt, how you doing? What's going on? How's the week been? Well, a multitude of things before we even get into how the week was. First off, yes, listeners, I hear your, your cries and complaints. I heard them through the airwaves last week. You said, Matt, why did you open two episodes in a row? I don't know. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Because... <laughs> As soon as we got done, I went, wait, why did I open the episode? I know I opened last week, mm-hmm. and I went and listened, and there was my beautiful voice. And I went, oh, mm-hmm. well, I don't know why, because I updated the episode number, but not who opens. That was very strange. I, I just assumed. I said, Matt, Matt must have a bit. Matt must have a reason that he wants to do this twice. I am, I'm not going to question it. It's Matt. He's, he's got a reason for it. I'll let him open. I'm not even going to question him. So I never even brought it up. I didn't ask anything. I just said, okay, Matt's got it. He wants to do it again. Cool beans. Not a big deal. Well, the reason must be so I can tell this other story that I'm loading up right now next as as the first person who talks about the week. Now, I don't know why I've gotten into this, but I've been listening to a lot of like Retro Raw reviews. This guy's called Brian Avini, and they're friend Craig, and they do reviews of Retro Raws. They've done them for years. Like Every single week, they'll review the Monday Night Raw from that week, like 19 years ago. They've been doing it for years and years and years. And I found a YouTube channel, and I won't name the name because they probably aren't supposed to have the audio files up there. They do big compilations. Here's the month of May. Here's the month of June. All through the years. I've been listening to a ton of them. So I've been listening to a lot of people talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm like, man, the back in the days, Stone Cold Steve Austin, glass would break, everybody go nuts. So cool. Attitude. And I was driving to work today behind this short little catabus, bus, like the little run around town transit bus. What was that bus number? That bus number was 316. Of course it was. Austin 316, bus 316, third shift 316. It's, it's meant to be. It was meant to be. And so with that, I introduce you to our actual guest for the night, Steve Stone Cold Austin. You didn't even say it right. <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> Look, it's been so long since I watched wrestling. I couldn't. I wanted to do it, and I couldn't remember it. I just tried. I went for it. <laughs> but that's what I was looking at when I was staring at it. And you said I was staring weirdly at something off on mm-hmm. the side of the screen. That's what it was. As I looked at 316, and I went... 316. I just saw 316 today. Uh, and I had this moment, and I was just like, I was going to take a picture of it if the Canabus stopped in front of me, like at a light, but he peeled off and went the other way. I was going to take a picture of it and said, 
and say, like, I'm expecting the cat of bus driver to get out and start whooping my ass. That would have been pretty good. And then I looked here and it was I was stunned. I was I was amazed. So Stone Cold Stun. That's right. Some would say. <laughs> but you the other thing you said, you don't think we're sick anymore. I think I might be getting sick in a different way. I got like a raggedy throat thing going on, but I'm not sick mm. from last time. And in fact, the very next day I woke up fresh as a daisy, fresh as a lamb, and I went to breakfast with my uncle who was back in town because he comes usually every year, but not every year, for uh, U of M homecoming. So he was in town. He said, hey, let's go get breakfast. Went and had breakfast with him, my cousin, and mom, and it was great. Like I always say when my uncle's in town, it's great to see an awesome dude I love hanging out with and spending time with. I don't get to see him very much. I get to see him once or twice a year. And the two times are usually back-to-back like they just were. So now he's gone. Goodbye. Goodbye, all the funds that I have. But then after that, because I had the day off because I was so sick the day before, I came home and I played Saints Row all day. Literally all day. And that game is phenomenal. I love it. And I'm getting to, to the point, just like I did with the San Andreas remaster last year, where I just want to do everything. And I've officially done all the side stuff. But there's a big old list of challenges. All the stuff you can do. And I don't know why, because some of them aren't even very fun. But I'll go in that challenge list, and I'll go, what, what's, a, what's a challenge to do? Oh, kill five enemies with this. Kill five enemies from a totally different faction with that. Kill five enemies from a completely different faction with this. Okay. Let me get the first weapon and call up that first faction. A big, giant gang fight, and you fight all the way till you get a mini-boss, and it takes like five, ten minutes, depending on how well you're doing. All right. I got that first part of that challenge. What's the second part? Get that weapon. Call them up. Let's do it. I'm not progressing anything. I'm not doing anything. I'm just running around shooting bad guys. And it's just so fun. Like, the action, like, the the checking off the thing off the list, it's fun in, like, a conceptual way, but it's not actively fun, but just running and shooting. It's just so much fun. I'm loving it. I love that game. It's great. The only other game I've played this week, same as last week, is mini motorways because I get up and I make my breakfast and I sit down here at my little command station and I play mini motorways and it ends me out before I go to work and that's it that's all I've been doing I did on Sunday I played Saints Row again all day Monday night I played Saints Row all night long yesterday I wanted to play Saints Row but I didn't have time to it's just been great I'm a man rolling with the Saints I mean, I'm not even progressing the story I'm not even doing story stuff I'm just doing stupid stuff to check off this stuff and it's not even gonna get me to getting trophies I mean there's a couple trophies that are on that challenge list but not many not a lot I'm just I'm a crazy person I gotta get all the challenges I don't care I just gotta do it what about you Eric what have you been doing Ooh, well I'll tell you what Halloween has come and gone for Mr. Eric you say what I say yes, because, of course, I am part of this old campground, okay? And the campground closes like October 11th. So for its patrons, it says, hey, we're going to do the whole Halloween shimbango, and we're going to do it the last two weeks, October 1st weekend or whatever it is, and then the weekend before. Well, you all know Quarter End is upon us. It's coming October 1st. So I couldn't do it that weekend. So I went to Grand Haven with some friends of the family. And we had ourselves a wonderful Halloween experience. They go all out. The campground goes all out. And this is why I love it. Is all the campers, all the campground folks, they they just have it. They, they, they just go to town. 
Everybody decorates the campers. Everybody has the thing. You've got folks handing out liquor to adults, you know, going, hey, happy Halloween. You've got folks handing out dog treats to the animals. You've got folks handing out treats to the children everywhere you go. I'm telling you right now, you remember when you were a kid and you'd fill up your whole freaking bag of candy? This happens at this campground. Your whole bag is full of candy, all the good stuff, you name it, it's in there. It's a great time. And then, to boot, they have activities throughout the day. You're making all sorts of pumpkins, Halloween stuff, skeletons, doing this and that. And they have a haunted house or haunted experience at the end of the night to cap it all off. Which we partaked in. And I'll tell you what. This year's was weird. It was strange. The kids had a lot of fun. It was definitely not as scary as last year's, which I talked about. Last year's was really cool. The girls got terrified. It was over the... I think it was a little overboard, but I loved it. I loved it anyway. But I think some members must have been upset because this year's was way dialed back, and they made sure at the very end of it to go, oh, it's okay, everybody's okay, and nobody got hurt, and it's all happy endings. So I suspect some members were like, my kids... I, I was drunk at my campground. I sent my kids to the Halloween thing. And they came back crying to me, saying it was scary, and they wanted to poop their pants. That's not cool. So I think something like that happened, which upsets me because, you know, as a parent, obviously I don't care what you're doing. You need to be with your kid and understand what the hell's going on. That's a whole conversation for a different time. But it was good and fun nonetheless. Had beers with friends around a campfire late into the night, both nights. What's more fun than that? You know what I mean? Beers with friends, talking amongst a fire, just crackling away. So a great way to end the camping season. I wish it wasn't over, but that's just the way it goes. So with that being said, of course, as you know, the weekend was kind of uh, booked up with all that. And this week and this last week, I haven't had much time. Everything's changing. The whole schedule, what I'm doing is changing up. But I did play some Destiny 2 a little bit. Um, I'm ready to raid. Just waiting to get uh, one other group member around for the King's Fall Raid. And then we're going to get in there. So really stoked to see uh, that individual get ready to go. And beyond that, I played Cult of the Lamb. And I kept screwing around, screwing around, screwing around, doing side quests, trying to get these trophies. And I'll tell you, I could probably get the Platinum Mat. I could probably do it. But it would require a couple things. Beating all the different characters in Knuckle Bones. I don't really want to do that. And then, of course, defeating every boss without getting touched once. And I'm like, that's not impossible. I can do that. But do I really want to mess with it? I don't know. And I went, Eric, no matter what, stop. You got to stop. You're not going to pull the mat. So what I do, I went through and I got two other trophies that were easily accessible. I, I should say, no, nah, you're right. I understand. Yes, don't yes, I'm interjecting. Mat. You don't want to pull a mat and get a platinum trophy and be proud of yourself and have a great time. You don't well, get gosh, Jesus. Let's go look at these platinums. I think I've got more platinums. Let's go look. You don't. I know Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Damn. Let's not it, look at the platinums, gotta... Eric. Let's have just a regular old good time. Go on, go on, tell them. No, you ruined the, you ruined the good times. Now I'm sad. I got to go look at your <laughs> platinums. Apparently you've looked at mine, but let me go see yours and see what your Platinums are, because I'm a very judgmental person of Platinums. If it's a bunch of Telltale Platinums, obviously it's completely and utterly useless. So we got we to gotta look into that. But that's a tale for another day. So anyways, I got a couple of the other, uh, I got a gold and a couple silvers, and I went, all right, that's good enough. So I went 
to the last boss. And no, I beat the last boss, so I've beat Call to the Lamb. I will just say, the last boss is way more difficult than any boss, period. And I did find it a little weird and disjointing. I was like, okay. I expected to kind of roll through just like I have with every other boss. But then I actually had to pull up my big boy pants for a minute and pay attention and kind of get the rhythm of everything. And then I beat him. So don't get me wrong. It wasn't like it was hard, hard. But it was very just strange how this whole game I've trounced through every boss. It wasn't even a challenge. And then the last one was like, oh, actually, here you go. Now you actually have to do all the mechanics to pay attention to where the balls are shooting, this and that's happening, and get a rhythm going. So it was still really cool, still a lot of fun. Had a great time, finished it and beat it. I do want to go through and do the alternate ending because there's a trophy for that as well. And then beyond that, I don't know. I'll take a look. I'm, I could honestly get the platinum in this. But part of me wants to just move on because there's so many other games to play still. I got Soul Hackers 2 sitting there. You know, Yakuza still sitting there. Everything else. So we'll see how it goes. I'll let everybody know. But let me just tell you, Cult of the Lamb, what a wonderful game. 18 hours in. I've played the hell out of it. And now I've beaten it. So if you want to have a experience and get a lot out of it, 18 hours is what you're looking at. But if you want to beat it, you could probably do it in far less. Beyond that, that's been my week. I'm not going to say what I'm laughing at. I'm not even going to say it. It's fine. Don't worry about it, because I'm going to tell you about a fantastic game that you might get a platinum in also, because this is Shovel Knight Dig, and Shovel Knight is one of those series that I have to admit, I've never gotten into any of them. I, we said this before when you talked about Shovel Knight Treasure Trove or whatever the uh, the puzzle one was, and you said, get into it, and I went, oh, I love the idea of Shovel Knight, I've, I love everything I've seen of it, but I've never played it. I never played that one. But here's another one to play or never play. This has dropped on the 23rd, developed by Nitrome and Yacht Club Games, published by Yacht Club Games, dropping for PC and Nintendo Switch. And this is another spin on the Shovel Knight formula. Everybody knows Shovel Knight. It's a side-scroller, Mega Man-style graphics, and some bumping Nintendo-style music. This one, it's upgraded a little bit. People are saying it's more 16-bit. To me, this looks like Game Boy Advance level. But it, so it is that upgrade from the NES style. And this, in Shovel Knight Dig, you don't go side to side. You go top to bottom. Because in Shovel Knight Dig, Drill Knight has stolen your loot, and he's gone underground with his giant drill. And it's your job to go and get it. Now, there's a spin on the Shovel Knight formula, but it is everything you love about Shovel Knight. There are still a bunch of the enemies, your favorite enemies. There are some of your favorite powers and abilities. There are some bosses that you've seen for previously in the game but everything is about going from the top to the bottom think of like super mario brothers 2 when you're in the sand digging kind of down through there think of stuff like Downwell, where you just you're digging down through but the thing that i love about this when i've watched reviews when i've watched gameplay of it it, it is a roguelike or a roguelite so you do after each run you kind of go back to the surface and you can unlock new stuff and try again but what i love about it is it's not completely random it's kind of these crafted levels that are put together kind of in random ways as you do each run. But what I love about that is when you see some of this gameplay, you can see the little hidden blocks. You can see the little hidden things you can hit on your way down that will unlock the traditional Shovel Knight side rooms and side things and side challenges and side this and that. But you have to be able to parse that out as you're trying to go down. 
which is a, a whole unique thing. You don't just like sit and look at the screen and go, okay, well, maybe if I hit over here, you're like a Metroidvania type of thing. You're trying to go down, and in some levels, you have to go down fast because if you take too long on a certain screen, this big excavator thing comes, which will, I believe it's a one-hit kill, but I'm not 100% sure, that kind of forces you to go down. In some levels, there are big drill things that come across horizontally across the screen at certain intervals. So you are always having to move while also managing all the threats in the room, trying to find all the secrets, trying to find all this good stuff. So if you love Shovel Knight, if you love secrets, if you love pixel art games, if you love, I almost want to say like pixel art music. That's not what that is, but like, I don't know how to, how to describe it any other kind of way. If you love any of that stuff, you should check out Shovel Knight Dig. There's not much more for me to say on it. Well, here's a weird thing. If you listen to some reviews of it, they say, well, you got four stages and then you're done. But every time I watch somebody do some playthroughs of it, it's four different biomes or four different environments that have different stages inside of them. Because they'll pop down and be like, Mushroom Forest 1, and Mushroom Forest 2, Mushroom Forest 3, and then fight a boss. And then the other place, 1, 2, 3, 4, fight a boss. So you are kind of mixing it up. You are going through the first few levels a bunch of different times as you go through that roguelite gameplay and that roguelite experience. But then you get to a traditional Shovel Knight boss, although the room, depending on your run, might change. And then the other cool thing about it is it does take some notes from Hades, the best roguelite ever made, in my opinion, in that once you get to the end of a stage, not a biome, you'll get a a little choice of two different ways to go. You have like little tiny wooden signpost signs, and this one will show like uh, like lava dripping, and then this one will show bugs or whatever. So, you know, if you go down here, it's a bunch of lava. If you go down this way, it's a bunch of the bug enemies. Lots of fun little touches like that. There's all kinds of stuff to unlock when you get to the surface, all kinds of armor sets, all kinds of this, that, all kinds of abilities. You can also find some of those vendors inside the runs in the secret rooms as you do. So if you like roguelites, you're definitely going to want to get this. If you like Shovel Knight in general, like the franchise, you're definitely going to want to get this. If you like pixel art and side-scrolling and that really kind of bumping awesome music that Shovel Knight is known for, you're going to want to get this. I recommend it to anybody. I want to get it. And I haven't even played any of the other Shovel Knights because this just looks like a ton of fun. Indeed. A ton of fun shall be had with that. A ton of fun shall be had with the game I'm going to talk about. We will have a conversation, man, because, of course, you had a derogatory laugh at me. And I went, of course, and was uh, looking it up while you're laughing at me. But I found out that a lot of yours don't actually matter. But you still beat me, so I guess that's what counts in the end. I mean, you still come out on top. I mean, we can just say that nothing you do matters to me either, and then we just have a big fight, and it's we're exactly. not going to say and then that. we have so a big just... argument about what what what's legitimate, what isn't. So we won't do it. But you know, I just got to address the whole huffaw you gave me. I can't let it stand without at least countering for a half a second. The legends, and I even gave you the win. So you know, you win, you win. I do. I'm great. You did win. Because I did the numbers of what I do legitimately think counts, and you still won. So you're ahead. I'll give you that. But some of yours aren't real, real to me. So anyhows. Wait, wait, last question. How do you not have the platinum in Aegis Rim, dude? What the heck? I thought you did. It's hard as f***. It's hard as f***. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do remember I you talking to. about that now. I do remember yes, you talking about it. Yeah. Yes, I was totally going to. I love that game. I, I no. saw I saw it come up, and I was like, well, that's one. And I saw the big that's bar, and then it said no. 82%. And I went, what? Yeah. <laughs> because the last ones they want are stupid. I'm like, ah, I'd have to like commit. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it, yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. it was beyond what I was willing to do. I was like, no. I, you know me. I do like trophies. I don't know why. It doesn't really matter, but I feel like it's cool and fun. Mm. But that it's too much. If it goes too far, I'm out. Yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna yeah. be like, oh, oh dedicate. I think remember we talked about it. I, oh, I gotta. I'd literally have to do like another twenty to thirty hours to get. Yeah, yeah. It. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's stupid. Who's gonna care? Nobody. You literally wouldn't even care. You'd have just went. Oh yeah, he did. He did probably get that because he. F- that would have been it. That'd have been the extent of it. So no. <laughs> that was. I, I feel you uh, though, because I, I like doing platinums when it's just something that. I always say, you get the fish hook in your mouth, and it's like mm-hmm. it's like Saints Row. I can't stop playing it. Even I'm doing stuff that wouldn't even get me the platinum because it's just so much fun. So I, I, I get you. I hear you. Yeah. So yeah, all that aside, The Legend of Heroes Trails from Zero has arrived on the Nintendo Switch, on PC, and on the PlayStation 4. Now, before I go into anything, I will say that the PlayStation 4 version is kind of just like a brought-over version from when they did it for the Vita or whatever way back in the day. So it is inferior to the Switch and PC versions because the PC versions and Switch versions were updated by an individual who's known for updating um, Falcom's stuff, which that is the developer of this particular title. So if you want the best version with the best polished up uh, you know, uh, graphics, etc., ease of use, all that goodies, you're going to want to get it on the Switch or PC. If you get it on the PS4, you're basically just getting the older version rehashed over here but it's up to you you know we just argued and talked about trophies a little bit if you are a playstation hardcore individual and you want the trophies then you might not really care about the mild you know boosts that you're going to get from the switch and pc versions however it is there for all of you this title has previously only ever been released in japan never came over to america now it's finally coming this way hence why i told you it got kind of uh you know brought over and interpreted it is still only subtitles there are no american voiceovers etc so you will have to read if you can't read beyond a fourth grade level you'll probably not like this title very much because reading is important with that being said it is a fantastic classic rpg you get four characters and that is it and i love this style rpg i love i love others too but this one for me has always been my favorite you get four characters you get them right from the beginning and you have them throughout the entire game. So you don't have to worry about misstepping. You don't have to worry about picking the wrong party. This is your party. This is the group you will have. You will want to get them the best gear. You want to make sure you level them up. Get all the skill sets. Get everything boosted up as high as humanly possible to finish this RPG. Not only in that sense is it classical, but it's also classical in the sense that there's no, there's no bits. There's no extras to the combat. It is... This individual goes, I guess this is extreme of it. It actually gives you the grid and shows you who will be next in combat. Some RPGs don't do that, but I, I, I like this one too. So every time you're in combat, it'll be you're going next, this individual's going next, baddie's going next, etc. So you can plan your attacks and or defenses because you will know everything that's going on in combat. And I appreciate the hell out of that. So another big perk. This is an old school game, mind you. It isn't a remake. It's a remaster. So the graphics are going to be equal to that of the PlayStation uh, uh, PSP graphical, you know, era, whatever that is. So I don't know. It's I'm trying to think of a good RPG. Is it 2D or is it 3D? It's 2D. Okay. 
it's got the sprites, the whole nine yeah. yards going on, but it's not it's not clunky. It does feel pretty clean. Everything looks really crisp. You know, the character models are while it's chibi ish, you know, they're smooth and clean and don't look clunky at all. And then they added in the nice uh, anime style character models for the voiceovers and stuff. So it looks really nice. It actually it looks pleasant. Obviously, if you're wanting anything, you know, up to date, this this isn't the title you're looking for. But if you want a classical RPG that's been very much upgraded and very much smoothed over, you're not going to want to miss this one. And of course, with that said, the whole basics of the game, it's an RPG, you know, we always joke about it. But basically, there's two political factions kind of having unrest and, and political struggles with one another. Then, on top of that, there's some societal struggles because in this town you're in, you and your comrades are actually with the police force. Well, the police force has lost favor with, you know, everybody in, in general. So they join this uh, special support section to try to better the image of the police. So in helping them, they're going to try to better the image of themselves and then move forward from there. So with that being said, when they join this new force, they start partaking in all sorts of side quests and goofy stuff. All your typical RPG tropes, along with this main narrative that kind of just grows throughout like i said there's a lot of political struggle and everything else going on so that wheedles its way in as you're doing side quests and helping the town because most of the game is surrounded in this one big town that you're in you will go to other places but this is main the main hub the main gist of what you're doing and as you're going your characters and you will interact you will all you know grow and grow and grow and and move forward with the story it isn't like a lot of RPGs these days where you pick and choose who's in the group and then it just goes from there. This No, it's like I said, it's all four of you and you're all four of you and every single interaction, every single side screen, every single thing you do will be a you four. And that somehow just really appeals to me right now. So this wasn't a title I was originally looking at getting just because of you know how busy we are and how much is going on. But now I'm kind of like, man, this this really does seem old school, up my alley, looks nice. And then, of course, lastly, from what I hear, and of course I have no basis because I've never played any of the Trails games at all, these are apparently, this one in particular, is one of the best in the entire series, from what I hear. So if you want to play an awesome classical RPG, you might want to go check out The Legend of Heroes, Trails from Zero, right now. Like, don't even stop. Just go buy it. I'm going to back you up on that one because I've never played a, a, a Heroes or a Trails game at all ever, but I've only heard good stuff about the series. I played like a demo of one of the Trails from Cold Steel games. I think it was like three or four or whatever, super far along, and that one's in 3D, and it just didn't hit the spot. But everything I've seen and everything I've heard about the earlier games, which this is one of, is that they are just aces like those the 2d ones i know i think legend of heroes trails from the trails in the sky was the first mm -hmm. little trilogy then this came out afterwards that's what i was just looking up on my phone while you were talking so to see what a brand new one for the for the west get a re-release on modern stuff i'm tempted i'm tempted too because i mean obviously i've been digging all the old school rpgs i've been playing lately so to have a a new one that I could get on my switch and kind of take it on the go and have a good time with. I'm kind of tempted to see, there you go. You got two folks who want to pull that trigger. And if you got that, you might have more money or more time than me and old Matt do. So this might be right up your alley. Definitely check it out at least. 
I mean, you'd have to have a lot of money to make more than either one of us. That's what I'm no, saying. Yeah, I'm yeah, so rich with my. Let me light my $100 bill to light my cigar. <laughs> and blisters on my feet. Let me adjust know? my top hat. <laughs> I was going to say my toupee or whatever, but you know. Well, that works too, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. Uh, so, of course, this is the part where we go into snippets. Now, here's a funny story behind the scenes. I did all the snippets. Matt did the little main topic we're going to discuss. But we, of course, were both doing said so at the same time. Unfortunately, I lost all the snippets. Matt has no idea what I'm about to say. Nope. So let's lead off with a quickie. Silent Hill, the short message, has been raided in South Korea. It's never happening. It's and this comes happening. from the Video Game Chronicles. Listen, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost with you, Matt. I'm almost with you because at this point, there's been so many Silent Hill rumors all over the place constantly. The only one that's real is that Blooper Team said they are working on a Silent Hill team, uh, Silent Hill title with Konami. Yeah. That's a fact. That isn't a that isn't a rumor. Beyond that, though, it's all speculation. However, Silent Hill: The Short Message has been raided in South Korea. What it is, what it means, what it's going to be. Who the hell knows? But I still am happy to hear that this title and this entity is somehow alive somewhere for some reason. Now, I, w- I was going to crap all over this this theory, this this interesting if true type of thing. There was something that was raided in Korea a while ago. And people went, ha, 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 yeah, right. And then months and months and months and months and months later, the announcement came and people went, yay, look at this thing. And we forgot about the rumor from before. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say there's no credence to it. And I'm not going to be the guy who was like, well, the last Silent Hills were garbage. So why are you excited for anything? Which was the other thing I was going to say. But I'm not going to say that. Don't do that. I'm not saying that. No. So you know what? If it comes out and it's great, then great for you and all the Silent Hill fans. I'll be happy for you. But Konami doesn't do anything right except for what they just did, which is HD remasters of Suikoden 1 and 2. Of Sukiden. So you, and then they so said you might get as well, you're buying get a new Sukiden, Matt. Come on. So you, you might get a, a good HD remaster of 1 or 2 or 3 or 4. I'm down with that. Yeah. I'd be totally happy to see them do a remake of Silent Hill 2. I'd take Silent Hill 1. I don't care. Or Silent Hill 3. The room, meh, I guess. And then beyond that, I don't care. Like you said, most of the others sucked. I heard Shattered Memories was really good, but I'm just not about that life on the old Wii and stuff. I'm not I'm not for that. You don't want to do the run? I'm run not doing the, the shakies. Yeah, I was never on board. I don't know. Just not for me. But Valkyrie Elysium, this isn't a rumor. This has a demo, Matt. That's and true. And I want to continue yes. the story <laughs> of demos. Let's continue. Let's continue our failure to play demos on time on the show and only play them later after we've discussed it. Yes. It's so good. Now, I ain't going to lie to you. Valkyrie Valkyrie Elysium, I was never going to touch. I I had zero interest in this when it was announced. The only thing that made me even watch it was because Square Enix did it. Now, all of a sudden, the tides are changing because all these outlets are going, that demo was awesome. That demo was fantastic. It was a straight-up awesome action RPG. Hit all the buttons, did all the numbers. Everybody seems pretty dang stoked about it. And like I said, I had no interest. But after hearing three different talks about that demo today, I went, is this another demo that I need to get downloaded and I actually need to play? Just like I did the Dio Field and then Wulong. When the Wulong, it's gone. I didn't get it in time. No. I failed, Matt. 
I failed. Deal Field, I did get. I haven't played it, though. I was lying to you that day. I did get that. I knew it. Though. I knew you wouldn't have played it. I knew you were a liar. I went you're just, camping. You're just like me. It's sitting on your desktop, going. and it's ready yeah. to go. Yeah. It's there, right on that old yeah, freaking switch, right but there. I didn't touch it yet. Yeah. So I do have the Deal Field. The Wulong completely missed it. Escaped me. And now Valkyrie Elysium has a demo. I'm super stoked just that these demos keep popping out, and we keep getting a chance to play them. And then to boot, this one, from what I hear and what I've watched, looks awesome. And I was totally mistaken, but maybe I'll regret saying that when I actually go play the demo and I don't like it. But I don't know. For now, it looks really cool, and everybody I listened to got me stoked for it. So if you didn't know, Valkyrie Elysium does have a demo for you to try out. Yeah, I I did know that just because the RPG site on Twitter, they did up a little review of the demo, and I was... I was hesitant because I always wanted to play the Valkyrie profile games back on the PS1 era because those were proper RPGs with, I think they had like some weird mechanic where you managed a squad of four and they were each assigned to a face button, something like that. And I never got a chance to play those. And then the last I heard, like the, I I assumed it was this one, but maybe it was the one before it. It turned into a straight up action game and I was like, well, phooey, ah, who? So I thought that was this too, but if it's a really cool action RPG and people are having fun with it, I'll have to check out the demo too. Or at least download it to the PS5 and, and then, then just say let we, it say just we, yeah. sit there. Yeah, Let it sit forever and never play it. Yeah. And then be part of the numbers as we discussed last time yes. that I don't actually play. Then they say, well, I guess there's no value in demos, so demos go but away. But I downloaded and, it. And we'll I, touched, I touched it. I'll, I'll, I'll rate That's it with true. a thumbs up, the demo, even though I I'll never played it. I'll do that too, it. just to be sure, just to be safe. <laughs> we did our part. Are you doing yours? <laughs> Exactly. And then, of course, the last bit before stuff that breaches into what you wanted to talk about, Matt, was E3 2023 has been announced, my friend. They're going to do it. It's all coming next year in L.A., whatever. Who cares? Me and you can't go. But the cool part is, and the interesting part, and the only reason I really bring it up, is that they've segmented it off this time. It's going to take place from June 13th through the 16th. June 13th and 14th is only for devs content creators uh you know all all the all the hoo-hoos are going to do that are going to do the news and do the thing and then the 15th and 16th is going to be for the normal joe me or you and anybody else who can get a ticket to get in to see the stuff that they saw to a lesser extent of course and then on top of that meet those content creators meet the devs meet the people involved and have a good old time that's what they should have done from the beginning that, to me, I feel like this has a chance of success, whereas what they were going to go for before, where it was just devs and content creators and uh, 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 critics, etc., all on the floor with all of your normal people, that was a, it was a travesty. That was never going to work out. You know how many people, how many of the individuals that were actually there to get to an event that were blocked by just the hordes of us regular Joes just wanting to see something who couldn't get to their private event to do the whole thing. I can't imagine how annoying that would be if that was my profession and I couldn't get to the meeting I was supposed to get to because I was blocked by everybody. No, I would agree with you that that would drive me nuts. But thinking back to all the E3s past, there were plenty of content creators that I did follow. You know, you followed too, Total Mm -hmm. Biscuit, Jesse Cox. They had plenty of solo one-on-one time or hey i went behind closed doors and did stuff that you can't see that i can only talk about so i i will not i will 
not. I refuse to feel bad for them because they got all the access and they got all the things and they got to talk to Hideo Kojima when anybody on the show floor, he wouldn't even come out of his, his pole. Oh, it would never they get would, to. It no. would absolutely not. But, but, I but do, I'm just I, saying, imagine if you're, imagine if you're, you're job dependent. Say you need to be at that freaking interview with Hideo Kojima at 3 p.m. But before that, you have to also be interviewing Randy Pitchford at 2.25 and then you, if you miss either of those, I swear to God, it's your head, Matt. And then you've got to go through that interview, and then you know you got about eleven minutes to haul rear end to whatever next spot it is that Hideo's hiding in his box to get to. And you just got all stinky joes and crazy wombombs all blocking your way, and you're trying to get through these masses. That would suck. I got these two elbows right here. Does you just start flailing? I'm just throwing, throwing them nonstop. Them. I'm, oh I'm, yeah, I'm like. Jerome Bettis heading for the end zone. I don't know who, but I'm just that's what I'm talking bowling about. People I'm over. Emmett Smith, baby. I'm running. Well, I'm yeah, you're, you're 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 dodging. You're spin moving. Yep. I'm just plowing through. Just get out of my way. Oh, stiff arm. Boom. Lower the head. <laughs> Boom. Charging like a rhino. But I will say, I do agree with you in that I feel like this is how it should have been. There should be yeah. like some private stuff for the people who wants to wants to be private and get the specialty things, and then open it up to the Joe Schmo and have well, like you said, if you have content creators also out there that you can kind of meet and greet as just a regular old fool that's pretty cool too yeah i i just really i really think this has a chance and i want to see it succeed you know and i know uh jeff's moved on and he's doing his own thing so now is it going to be a competition or not apparently you know that in the wording e3 is kind of saying that even if uh, developers, etc., are participating in Jeff's event and not theirs. If they agree to sign a thing, they'll still bring their content into E3 regardless, just to get them even more eyes and ears. And I think that's pretty cool, even though they've got some beef and some you know shit going on to you know stop them from working together anymore. I want to see both succeed because we've talked about it before. E3 was it was an event, it really was, and and Jeff's summer of games is is cool. We had a lot of fun with it. But it hasn't reached the peaks. It hasn't reached the scale that E3 used to way back in the day. Well, and the ultimate decider is, and I don't know if there's news on this, who all is going to be there? Because the mm-hmm. last E3s, nobody went. And then it was, it was, oh, E3's dead. It's never going to happen again. But it, it, two days beforehand and two days afterhand and two days in the middle hand, oh, they're going to do all their own stuff. So if it, if it becomes a thing like it used to be. Again. And also has this kind of like content creator slash regular Joe type of thing to it, then that's awesome. I mean, I love any opportunity for there to be a convention for video games that people can go to. That's just, it's always going to be good. It's always going to be awesome. Even if you and I never end up going, at least all those people got to go, you know? Exactly. I agree. I'd love to, but just realistically, LA, California, I don't, I don't, I I just don't know. I just don't see it. Eric, it's when we go to Super Mario World when that opens. Oh my gosh, you are right. We double up. We plan that as a double dip. Yes. And then that's the event of the lifetime, you know. Yeah. And we can just die right afterwards. We don't even have to make it home. I'm just going to go out to sea. We'll get eaten by a whale. I was just going to say, you just march into the ocean because life is over. We'll go get eaten by whales. We'll live inside of his belly. We'll make a fire. We'll get out. We'll, we'll survive. We'll be resurrected. And we'll have another story to tell. That's right. Bam. Write, That's write a book. Right and then there. we don't have to do anything ever again. Mm-hmm. And we'll, and we'll just live like gods forever with the millions that we get from that. Yep. Ah, what a day. In just a few days, we're all going to be saying what a day because Overwatch 2 will have launched. 
But will you be saying that? Or will you be concerned about some of the new stuff that's going on in Overwatch 2? Because I think it was a few days ago, they dropped a big old blog post. All kinds of stuff. All about Overwatch 2. And the, what was it they called it? The uh, defense systems that they're activating as far as Overwatch 2 to kind of control the harassment and the negativity that's kind of rampant. Yeah. I've never seen it. I've played a lot of Overwatch solo, and I've never been harassed. I've never been yelled at. I've never been anything. But apparently it is all through the community because it's so notorious. So a couple of the things that they are going to put in here, obviously none of these really affect Eric or myself because we always play together in a private chat. So even if people were going to harass us, we can't hear it anyway. Can't hear them. But one of the first and strangest things is you now have to put in your phone number, which will tie to your account. And you can't use that phone number for new accounts or anything like that. And then they're also going to be putting on always on audio recording. And then if they get a report, then they'll go back and have all that audio recording to jump into and doing AI transcripts of those audio recordings. So again, not something that really affects you or me, but something worth mentioning, especially the phone requirement that you can only have one account just seems really weird to me as a former League of Legends player. Because when you play League, you, you leveled up all the way up to 30. Now you did this. And it was kind of fun to have that Smurf account where you'd go and start a new account and you know you wouldn't have all your unlocked champions that you spent money on. But you'd kind of start from the bottom and, and, and kind of you know play with new players, not like in a domineering fashion, but you know kind of guiding people along because you'd be ranked with levels 1s and 2s and 3s and 5s. And that's something that is big on YouTube and Twitch, you know, going from bronze to grandmaster or whatever with a new account. Now you can't do that with Overwatch 2. It just feels weird to me. It's not anything I do in Overwatch specifically, but the you can't have multiple accounts. You can only have the one that's tied to your phone unless you're a drug dealer with like four phones. It's something interesting anyway. I ultimately agree. I do, I do think it kind of sucks just because, especially for like content creation, yeah. when you're doing those particular YouTubes, those particular Twitch streams or whatever, it's fun. You know, the viewers, they love seeing that kind of thing. But I got to I gotta agree with this overall because nothing sucks more than if you're like, I'm going to try this game out, this, this uh, hero, you know, fighter game that I've never tried before. Let me jump in. Hooray. And it's a, a million Smurf accounts all around you. You're just getting stomped like you're just some kind of idiot, village idiot. What do you do? You leave. You quit. You don't ever play again. If you just get stomped over and over, you're not going to play this game. They're trying to avoid that. They're trying to be like, no, we're not going to have it this time. If you're down in the the new brackets, you're going to be facing off against people that are new, which gives you a fighting chance, which makes you you know feel awesome and victorious. If you get that win, you get those special calls, etc., and then you'll keep playing and keep moving up. Boom, Overwatch has a new player. They get you in on that battle pass, and away you go. They're making big dollars. You're happy. Everybody's, in theory, happy, except for those who, for content creation, wanted to you know do some cool stuff for their viewers and have a great time. It is kind of weird to think about. like Smurf accounts in a first-person shooter, I think, are a bad thing because your skills are so high that it's going to be mm-hmm. bad times for everybody else. Versus when I did a Smurf, it was just a kind of have that leveling up process yeah, again. It, and it wasn't like mm-hmm. in League of Legends, I can't carry as the support. There's, there's no way that would happen anyway. So it's it's just a, a weird disconnect. But then you, you mentioned the content creators. And that was the other thing I just thought of when you said it. You know, so if you are Dr. Disrespect or, or whoever, and you, you're playing on stream as Dr. Disrespect in your Overwatch 2 account, 
But what if you just want to chill out and play anonymously? Be John. You can't do that anymore. Unless, of course, I'm sure he has like 16 phones because he runs a business and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. But you and me, if we were, you know, somewhat Twitch famous, we can't ever be incognito under Dr. Smurf Monkey 97 because we can't do that anymore. It's just I don't we know. don't have the it's funds weird. to yeah. do something crazy like have a second phone all hooked up ready to go to create an all account. But that's that's where I I don't have the mercy. Uh, it's because let's be honest, all your big time YouTubers and Twitch Twitch streamers, it's kind of out in the open now. They all make millions of dollars. They're very very rich, very profitable. Things are going well for them. They can afford a second phone and a second account that's to true. have a private account and a professional account. So actually, let's not feel sorry for them. Let's not feel mean towards them. They they've worked hard to get where they are, but just saying, they they can afford a second account. Me and you, we can't. So if we wanted to be an upper comers and we wanted to try to get our foothold in like Twitch streaming, and we were like, oh, let's do that. Yeah, we we get screwed because obviously we don't have the money to afford such things. But for the for the big timers, I don't think it's going to be such a big hurdle, such a big problem. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a lot of middle ground individuals that we don't hear about that much because, you know, you know, there's a million content creators out there and you only hear about certain ones here and there. So, And last thing on the phone thing, they did specifically mention if you are trying to be like Johnny Slick and get like a burner phone, a prepaid phone, if you want to use like VOIP numbers, you can't do that. It has to be like a, a legit real human phone for whatever reason. So, so that that cracks down on, you know, like I said, Buy 18 burner phones and then cheat on Overwatch all day long. I don't know why you'd want to do that, but... Why would waste your time with that? Yes. <laughs> but you talked about new players. They talked about the new player onboarding system, which will slowly unlock heroes, game modes, and all kinds of stuff as you play more and more and more. Because they, they did specifically say, for new players, if you just dropped in and you see all these heroes, all these game modes, all the stuff you don't understand any of it, it can be confusing. It can make you just go, I don't know what to do. Uh, I downloaded it for free. I don't think I'm going to play this. So a couple of the specific things. The new players can unlock all original heroes over the course of 100 matches. By that time, you will have unlocked all the original Overwatch heroes. They also said you initially have voice chat and text chat locked when you start off, but they said that some of these things, not all of them, can be circumvented inside of a group. So if we get Bob to start playing Overwatch 2 for the first time, he's never played before. If he gets in a group with us, then he has access to a lot more stuff than he would just by himself because. We're his friends. We're coaching him We're along. We him can in. introduce him to those kinds of things, which I think is smart. Because if even if I lost access to my account and I'm starting over from scratch, and I joined up with you, but I only had access to Mercy and Sombra, that's not going to be any fun for me. Mm -hmm. If you're more advanced, your friends can bring you in. They can they can stir the pot a little bit. Yeah, I don't have any issues with that. No real no real downs to that. I don't think. And, of course, it keeps uh, a lot of in individuals who just want to come in and cause damage mm -hmm. that don't typically play or want to play. They just want to be whatever it is. Keeps them out. So I think that's really cool. You know, And, of course, I'll, I'll bring up one I, I was interested in. There was an article on Game Informer, Matt, about Overwatch 2. Alex Van Aken, I think, wrote it or whatever. So go check that out. But any of who's, they were talking to some BPs over there, and they wanted to take a little bit of inspiration from Fortnite. And this time around for Overwatch 2, they want to start getting crossovers, getting other brands into Overwatch and doing cool skins, doing cool collabs with the characters, with the environments, etc. 
to do something possibly really fun and neat with Overwatch 2. And of course, they've done this with you know their own stuff, Diablo, mm-hmm. etc. But that got me super stoked. I'm like, how much fun would that be to see some really cool outside collabs from anime and or other video games that I love coming into Overwatch, which is a ton of fun as it is. And we've seen their skins and stuff they do and the themes they've had and the spray paints, etc., the voiceovers, all that have been just phenomenal. So I have no doubt that they could do some wicked stuff with different uh, entities out there on the market. Yeah, when I saw a couple of those news articles, I had like a negative spin on it because they just kept saying, we want to be just like Fortnite. We want to be just like Fortnite. And I thought of the dread days of Third Shift, <laughs> the days that will never it's be mentioned again. It's a different world now. But, but the fact that and even when I was thinking about, okay, you know, they'll bring new characters in. Like, you can't do that. But then you just said it. Just all new skins for Genji. Genji running around with Super Saiyan hair, whatever it is. That would be uh-huh. a ton of fun. And especially when you get into the sprays. Because, I mean, it, it's something we don't mess around with a lot. We put on our favorite sprays and we kind of do it. But every time you unlock a new spray and it has that really cool art style, whichever one it is that hits with you, you pop it on me like, wow. It's not just, oh, here's pixel art version of this or here's this or here's that. It really just, it pops. So if you could do some really awesome anime collab crossover type stuff, even if it's just in the sprays and if it's done really well, like all the sprays are, that would be fantastic. Oh, yeah. Like the May Ice Fishing one, still just mm. one of my favorite, most pleasant ones. But you do other stuff like you're just, it's just using Dragon Ball Z, for example. If you and you're doing the Kamakame and all the whole... You know, little all the little fusion dance. Oh, man, if you could get fusion on one oh, side and me on the gosh. other. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> just that stupid little thing is a ton of fun before a match starts. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And you don't even got to go further than that, and you're already having a good time. So a lot of possibilities with that. I hope... That's not just a lip service and an idea they have. I hope that's something that's already been, you know, full speed ahead. Yeah. And that they're going to surprise us, you know, a month or two in and with the first one and it starts to roll out. I got to imagine that's going to be the case. But, you know, who am I? I don't really know. You know it's not like I'm, I'm deep in their pockets understanding what the hell they're up to. But now you mentioned before the match. I got a before the match and an after the match change, which one I don't really have too much to say on, but the other one I'm all fired up about. So the first one, the before the match change, if you're playing competitive, which you have to win 50 quick play games to unlock competitive now if you are a new player, but before competitive matches, you will not see people's competitive tiers. So when we queue up and it's you and me in gold and then a bunch of bronzes, we can't even go, oh, geez, we're here with a bunch of bronzes. Better carry it. Let's go drink a power shot and try and get it done. Because, again, it apparently encouraged, quote fingers, harassment when you see a bunch of dirty scrubs playing with you and you got to carry the team. I mean, we're not, we're not speaking from experience on that one. It's been the other way around, too. So don't, don't, don't act like we're true, just hating. We've been little gold scrub bars with some, you know, the <laughs> higher tier diamonds, platinums, et cetera. Yes, exactly. We have been the scrubs of the team. So, yeah, yeah I'm just saying. <laughs> it's gone both ways. It just sucks when it's the, the bad end on our, our for us. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, yes. When we're getting carried, what a great day it is. <laughs> <laughs> but then the after the match change that has me all fired up. It was a few years ago. They introduced endorsements. After the match, you could give endorsements to your teammates. You could even give an endorsement to the enemy team. Now they've changed that because it was like sportsmanship, uh, helpful, and shot caller for your team, and only sportsmanship for the other team. Now they've wiped out all the categories. There's only going to be one category, and you can only endorse your own teammates. Now, 
I've endorsed teammates before. When I'm getting good healing, when there's a good tank, when there's a really good DPS who's carrying us through, I will absolutely give that person an endorsement because I love them and they're helpful and they're great. But the other thing that I love even more than that is when we are having a either a really tough match and we're getting schooled. You know, it's always you and me as a team. We're getting schooled by two other people. It's always Roadhog and a Reaper. And they're always coming around the corner. We finally got one over on them and we're pushing the point. Oh, crap. Here they come again. You can recognize those players. You know uh-huh. that skill. I'm getting killed by Reaper all the time. He's always where I am and it's driving me nuts. That Sombra's shutting me down constantly. She's always she hacking me. Let me yeah. She won't let me play because she knows I'm the only thing that's stopping any sort of movement for them. And so she totally dominates me. Yeah, that kind of thing. But it feels so good to give that sportsmanship on the other side. And mm-hmm. because especially because they you could only send sportsmanships for the other team, we would have those matches. And what are the only endorsements we would get? We'd carry a team and have these awesome fights. We would get sportsmanships from that other team. Exactly. And it felt good because, you know, there were three people you were always warring with and you got ping, 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 three sportsmanships after the match, or there was one person and it was always you and that person going round and round and you only got ping one sportsmanship. You know, it came from them and it felt good. It felt good to be able to reward a competitor on the other side. Yeah. You're a badass. I'm acknowledging you mm-hmm. and you're acknowledging me and it felt awesome. And now you can't do that anymore. And that it isn't like, it's a mistake. it doesn't piss me off, but I don't like it. I think it's a mistake. I honestly do. Because what happens with your team? We're in the scrub brackets. A lot of times we end up with scrubinators who don't give it their all. You know, you do your best. You carry you either carry the team or you get, you know, completely schooled. In either situation, they don't care, you know, because they, the, they didn't get the medals or whatever. And they just want to move on. So they leave the match. They don't give you no kind of endorsements. They don't hook you up. Yeah, yeah. And then the other end of it, you got completely schooled. Well, now, oh, it ain't me. It's a scrub team of mine. So they leave without endorsing you. The only endorsement you ever got was just like you said, from when the enemies knew who actually was putting up a fight, who was actually doing something, going to town. And so you get those sportsmanships, which made you feel good. It's like, okay, my time wasn't wasted. Yeah. At least the you know this Tracer or that Sombra or that whatever knew I was giving it my all, giving them a, at least a run for the money somewhat, and you can move on and have another match. Without that, I do feel like there might might be some i mean i'm gonna keep playing but you know what yeah. i mean might just the motivation levels might not be there like they used to be because let's just face it your your teammates generally don't care about you and they just go on and do whatever they want and get to the next match so and we and since me and you are buddies and paired up we can't endorse each other yeah so if i come across a scrub team and i go uh i'll just endorse them and then most time even when i did that would just go eh, whatever you know i'm just having fun you know endorse 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 Still get nothing back. Nothing. Nothing. Zero. So, I don't know. I think it could be a problem just in the motivational factors of it all. I wish they'd reconsider, and maybe they will in the future. Mm -hmm. But I agree. It was kind of sad to hear you talk about that. Yeah. Maybe they would change it to like a a great rival type of endorsement where you could send that to that other person you were locking horns with. But yeah, like you said, I mean, when when you're on a bad team, and, you know, we've been the bad people on teams before, too. Oh, yeah. It's it's so disheartening even after the match, you look because it, it'll show how many people are on either side, and it's just us two. They just left. Everybody else just left, and they didn't leave us anything. They didn't care. Just poof, it's gone. 
and it makes us not want to do it either. So I don't know. It, that's one that makes me sad. It's not a game changer. It's not a game killer or anything, but it's nice to get at least something from people who did stick around because they won. They get to see their medals. They want to see all the stuff. And then, man, you know, that Arisa and that Moira, they did pretty good. Here, ching. Here, have a little have a little token, boys. Mm-hmm. Just a little something-something. So hopefully they, they, they come around and get something else put into place for that. But until then, that's just the way it's going to be. You know, October 4th, a, a brand new day, a new dawn for us, Matt, in the Overwatch world. And, of course, we got only one chance left this Friday to play the OG original Overwatch before it's shut down and gone completely and forever. And they did say that the day before Overwatch 2 launches, they're taking all the servers offline, all, everything, mm-hmm. everywhere, every everything. time. So if you want to touch the last one for the last time, touch it on the second, because it's going to be gone on the third and back with Overwatch 2 on the fourth. So will we see you there, podcast listener? All you out there in podcast listener land, let us know. Hey, give us all your gamer tags so we can add you as friends, and then we can not endorse each other during the match. Or I mean, you know. Well, we'd want to, but we can't. Yeah, yeah. We, we would love to, but you'd be in the group, so we can't do it. <laughs> Yeah, But find us there and find out how scrubby or pretty darn good we actually are. And you can send all that info to us via the email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook on Third Shift. Ooh, you know it indeed. You can find us over on Facebook and go throw us your favorite Overwatch freaking sprays over there on Facebook. Oh, okay, yeah. go on to the Third Shift site on Facebook and put up all sorts of sprays. Show me what you got. Show me your favorites. I want to see them over there. And, of course, if you're up in Adam, if you're on the internet, get on over to that old Twitch because it's September and Matt says he wants your subs. You know what I'm saying? That's right. It's, it's like, what, 25% off, something like that right now? Yep. This is the time to go support us over on that Twitch. It mean the world to us, or just even give us the sub, you know, the Amazon Prime sub, like we talk to you all the time about. Or go over to the Patreon, throw us one buck, two buck, three bucks. Any kind of tip would be greatly appreciated. Help us out in the long run, buying more games, getting more equipment for the show, maybe even doing some really cool event where we actually travel to LA to E3. Wow, if we actually had that kind of bucks to do that, and then do all sorts of like uh, video slash photo, and then of course content pre and post for that. What a bunch of fun that would be for you and for us. You could all make that true. You could. You could do that. And you could also listen to the very next episode, which will be dropping on October 6th on iTunes and Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services. Because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. We really do. We super do, just like we appreciate those five-star reviews on the iTunes and or Spotify. It gets us up in the metrics. And then more people with Matt's burning eyes will see it. Because you didn't know this, but Matt's been rubbing his eyes. He's been going, oh, my little eyes are burning. Well, if you gave me a five-star review, I bet my eyes would be burning too, baby, with the love. (laughs) With the love. You know what I'm saying? Give me the love and I'll show you the love. I don't know why it's burning. I haven't even touched anything spicy for like four days I, I reached in to scratch my eye and it went fire fire <laughs> but until next time when we may or may not still have burning eyes there's nothing else to say but to say shut up and sit down